You are listening to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast, Episode 100, A Health and Fitness Transformation. Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Sanchez. I have five kids, and I love sports and the piano, and I'm also a certified life coach and divorce coach. Here I talk about living your best life, whether you're divorced, married, or single, it doesn't matter. Achievement is nothing without fulfillment. So let's go. Hey y'all, how's it going out there? I just wanted to introduce my guest, Jordan Keith. Okay, so I interview my friends. (laughs) I interview real people who got the real problems and I think the real knowledge. And this guy, he has lost about 120 pounds. I wanted to really give you guys a huge transformation, okay? So this podcast is about doing what you think you can't do. It's about kind of doing the unthinkable, things that all of our lives maybe we weren't taught and maybe we think we're not good at. And then we discover something inside us that's unstoppable and we can do it. Okay, this podcast is on the extreme side. I mean, that's a lot of weight to lose. And he even admits he lost a little too much. You know, he went down too low. But some of that, if you listen, was uncontrollable because he got coronavirus. But anyway, I wanted to give you a little bit of a preface that if you feel like you have any type of disordered eating what does that mean? It's not an eating disorder. It's disordered eating. You can look it up. Basically what that means is if if the numbers, the counting the calories, the macros, all of those things are just encompassing your life and you feel like, oh, if I had a treat, well, I'm going to have to make this up. I'm going to have to burn this many more calories. And, And like, if that totally encompasses you, then I want you to not listen. (laughs) I want you to live a different life of intuitive eating and love your body and yourself and throw out your scale. Okay, so that is really not the audience that I am catering to with this interview because I don't want you to feel any type of shame. I don't want you to feel any type of, oh boy, this is just too much because it is extreme and I'm just giving that to you right now. But this is more about we can do hard things and that discipline is okay when it's not into the grounds of obsession. All right. I just felt strongly that I needed to say that as kind of a precursor because first and foremost, if you don't love the body that you're currently in, losing that weight is so much harder. So love the skin you're in. Okay. That's a beautiful phrase, but it's true love who you are, the gifts and the beauty of your body as it is now. And I just have never done a fitness or health podcast and it is so tied to what we think. It is, it is. And our body movement, how much we're moving or not moving, it's so tied to our emotions. I've said this before, motion equals emotion. All right, lack thereof or a lot of it can equal how we feel. And so that's my intent of doing this and kind of illustrating this comeback story because Jordan, all of his life, was 
highly overweight. And so when you have that your entire life, to have this type of a transformation is quite remarkable. So grab some popcorn or laundry or a treadmill or whatever, go take a nice walk and enjoy it. But again, I want you to love exercise. I want it to create a feeling within you that you love and not an obsession and not something that's controlling you. All right, so enjoy and we'll see you on the flip side. Hey everybody, hello, welcome. I'm excited to have you today because I have one of my best friends on the episode today and it's my 100th. So everyone, welcome. Jordan Keith, Jordan, welcome. Hey everybody, I'm here on Emily's podcast. I feel so special. This yes, awesome. yes, so special. Well, I asked Jordan to be on the podcast today because he has completely transformed himself physically. And I was thinking, um, I've never done a fitness or exercise podcast and it's totally part of my life and it's part of what I teach. I think it's so connected mind body is so connected. So I went all extreme. So Jordan, you're lucky. Yeah. That's why we got you on today. And Jordan has lost a total of 112 pounds. But we're, we're celebrating 100 today for my 100th episodes. And right now you're at what 100? About 100 lost. So it's perfect for the episode. It works. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yep. Because you were saying you were at 112, but you've gained back good weight. Muscle. Yeah, I've gained back muscle. That's what I'm concentrating on right now. So I love that you're down so far that now you get to gain, right? <laughs> oh, it's it's the trippiest thing getting on the scale and wanting it to go in the opposite direction. I've never had that in my life. <laughs> but you know, there comes a point in your in your weight loss journey that that's what you look at. And so here we I are. Know. It's kind of cool. I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> now, some people will be like, whoa, this is pretty extreme. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. And, and everybody is different. We all have our own goals. And I just want to be clear on that. Right. Like, right. But I kind of want to take people through your transformation from the time okay. little, how you grew up, kind of what your habits, because I want to get into your mind. Mm, okay. Um, how you did this, because I want to prove it's possible for anybody. Okay. Well, that, that, that works. Well, I have to say when we were younger and we used to hang out, um, hanging out with you was always really fun for me because you taught me a lot about physical fitness. Aww. So yeah, like when we used to do stuff, we'd, we'd go play tennis and we'd go to the gym and work out at, you know, the wellness center and stuff uh -huh. like that. And that, that's kind of what I remember, uh, or we go swimming, you know, the lifeguarding days and stuff. So that's kind of cool that my memories with you in high school and stuff were just, and college were like workout and being fit, physical oh, fitness that's stuff. Cool. So, I love yeah. it. Yeah. So just so our listeners and viewers know, we grew up with each other in the same town, little town called Thatcher in Southeastern Arizona. And, <laughs> and you were three youngers. You were, you are three youngers. <laughs> years younger than three years me. younger yep we really really uh i guess bonded in show choir my freshman yes. year you were a senior show yeah. choir. yep mm -hmm. and yep. the trip to all state i think that's <laughs> build our friendship forever 
<laughs> bonded for yes it was awesome <laughs> and then shortly after that we were lifeguards together at the yeah. sea pool and that was hilarious <laughs> anyway yeah let's just say i would not hire me <laughs> no we we learned a lot that summer no we were great we 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 were vigilant when we needed to be but yeah scary my, my favorite um thing we did was when i got the walkie talkies at walmart so that we could have walkie talkies when we were on the stand across from each other at the pool <laughs> that was awesome yeah we had to have like an ongoing conversation all day so we didn't want to miss a beat or if i accidentally nodded off with my sunglasses on emily would like wake up jordan you're lifeguarding. People's lives depend on you. The other lifeguard's coming. Wake up. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. We were very, very safe. We were good people. So Yeah. Okay. So back to topic. Yes. This, yes. Sorry. This is going to happen, just so you guys know. <laughs> but let's go back to the childhood, right? Let's okay. go back. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your health habits, because I want people to understand right. how you grew up. Um, so I was the youngest of seven kids, and I think that kind of played a part in my my physicality in life for sure because um my mom hates it when I say this but um she was home for all the other kids and then when I went into kindergarten she started working and I don't want to blame anything on her for sure but um I I didn't have anyone home when I came home from school to tell me like what not to eat or what you know what not to do and stuff I was just kind of being raised by my siblings and the tv after school. Um, and so I will admit, like, look, looking back at that, it was all about soda and treats, junk food. Um, we had a foreign exchange student who lived with us when we were, when I was little, about five, six, seven, I think, somewhere around there. And um, later on in life, she connected with our family. And it always just blew me away that the thing she said about Jordan was, Oh, are you still sitting in front of the TV eating bologna sandwiches? And I was like, that's what she remembers about little Jordan is eating bologna sandwiches in front of the TV. So I was kind of uh, not set up for a very uh, positive future there. Uh, my, my brothers and sisters would always bribe me to go to the corner store in Daly Estates and get them like pizza and frozen burritos and sodas. And they'd be like, if you go, I'll buy you one too. And so of course, they were burning all those calories going to sports after school and volleyball and basketball oh, okay. and doing all those things. And I wasn't doing anything. I was oh. just I was just eating what they were eating, but not doing the physical activity that they were. I see. So that kind of was my eating habits. I I ate a lot of food, like a lot of healthy food, but I also ate the bad stuff as well. And um, I was trying to think, like, what did I like to do when I was a kid? What, what were my afternoons like other than watching TV? Because let's face it, that was what a lot of us did. But I loved rollerblading. Um, I loved riding my bikes, um, going out and biking around daily estates all over the place. But I hated all contact sports. Anything that had to do with, like, like getting in people's faces, you know, um, and it's funny because my sons, they live for that. It's like their favorite thing in the world. And I'm like, how are you, my children? I tried basketball. I tried baseball. I tried soccer. But swim is where I really just found my niche. And um, if, man, if, I think my life would have been so much different if I lived in a place where swim was a year-round thing. Can you imagine that? 
I would have been yeah. swimming yeah. year round. I don't think I would have had the the body issues that I had as a kid and through my teenage years because swimming, if it was available to me, I was doing it. And and the only time it was available for us was when it was summer, you know, at EA. So right, yeah. So tell me what you mean by body issues. Oh well, I just I, I think it was about fourth grade when I went from being just kind of a string bean skinny kid and I all of a sudden plumped up and I got all this body fat, you know, uh-huh. and, you know, my other friends, they were, they weren't doing that. And I, I didn't really know what was going on. Like, why, why am I getting chubby and they're not? And it started, started affecting my self-esteem quite a bit, started affecting a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm as far as mentally, you know, I didn't know really how to get it under control. Um, I do remember my mom doing things like, Hey, if you, she'd have me count my, count my fat grams back then. It was all about like counting how much fat you ate. Oh my gosh. I remember that. Like can't go over 30 grams of fat in a day or something like that. And we weren't really thinking about calories and uh, it was just all about fat-free, fat-free, fat-free. And I hated the way everything that fat-free tasted, you know? So it was, it was a struggle. Um, and that kind of kept going until, I don't know, all through high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one time Ryan, my good friend Ryan was like, you don't eat a lot. That's for sure. Like, I don't know why. Cause he, he would be like, I don't know why you are heavier because I watch what you eat, but you don't eat as much as other people do, but it's because I wasn't burning the calories after school at sports like other people were yeah yeah and so Mm -hmm. so let's see when was it that you started when when you kind of lost a big chunk of weight Mm. I remember you were at BYU you were like yeah focal point and I remember all of a sudden Jordan looking different and I was like what happened (laughs) okay (laughs) was that the time or like Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there was a time around my senior year when I lost about like 30 pounds. It was that summer. I was swimming. I was lifeguarding. I was outside all the time. But I remember every day before lifeguarding, I was swimming like a mile or something like that. And it was really, really helping um, me burn calories. And I I never really figured out the weightlifting thing like you wanted me to do. I just I didn't have that mentally, mentally yet to go for that. But I definitely understood cardio and I remember feeling really good at the beginning of my senior year going into it. But um, yeah, I'd still say I was about 40 to 50 pounds overweight, maybe. Mm -hmm. So not obese, not like really, you know, I could still shop at the stores I wanted to shop at. And I remember thinking this is the, okay, this is crazy, but I, I'm, I'm really embarrassed to admit this podcast world, but I actually thought if I shopped at Abercrombie and Fitch and got those clothes that I would have those abs. Like it was like this weird mental thing. Yeah. Your mind would just mold you into it. Yeah. And you know that the extra larges there were really like a medium, like they're two sizes too small. (laughs) (laughs) Like children's clothes there. So, oh, that, that store played with my mind way too much but yes I don't know why I insisted on wearing ANF all through high school so that was funny but um when I did get off my mission that was a big big eye-opener for me so what happened was I went back to EAC 
And for some reason, I just really let myself go. I don't know, post-mission, I was eating whatever I wanted. I was going out to eat all the time with friends, or staying out all hours of the night. Um, I wasn't sleeping. I was, and oh. that's something that I'll talk about here in a minute, but sleeping changed everything for me when I started this latest thing. I, I didn't realize how much sleeping would burn fat, and that's huge. Yes. So if you're trying to lose weight and you're not getting more than seven and a half to eight hours, it's going to be miserable. You're not going to be able to really do it. So that's, that's big. But anyway, I wasn't exercising a lot. I wasn't working out much. And um, that Christmas, I went to my sister's house in Oregon and she makes amazing food. She cooks with all like the, the real cream cheese and the real <laughs> sour cream, all the creams. No and um, no, oh, and it tastes so good. And I was just eating and eating and eating. And I, I loved her food. But then when I got home from that vacation, I realized I hadn't stepped on the scale since like the fall. And I was freaking out. I was like, what is going to happen when I step on the scale? You know, I, I just, I had completely put it out of my mind. And so I was like, okay, it's, it's January, the whole cliche, you know, new year's resolutions. Yep. So I'm like, let's step on the scale. And I did it. And I was pushing 250 pounds. And my eyes like popped out of my head. I was freaking out. I couldn't believe I'd gotten to 250. And what you know, was five, muscle, what was your muscle weight? Would you guess? I don't even know. Probably, you know, I, I've always had really strong legs and I attribute that to a lot of, you know, carrying around the weight and the kicking that I do in swimming that I think that's always been like why my, my calves have been really toned, mm -hmm. but my upper body strength <laughs> No. Oh, my chest and stuff. I just, I, I couldn't do a push up, mm -hmm. you know, those kind of things. Pull ups were like imaginary land for me, <laughs> you know. Uh, climbing a rope, that just seemed like something in fairy tales. So I don't know, just crazy, crazy stuff. But um, I, I knew that that wasn't me. I didn't want to be an unhealthy, lazy, overweight person. So I um, started making changes. And then the other thing that I want to point out is I had a, a teacher there that was teaching me choir, Bruce Bishop. And we were talking about the possibilities of me going to BYU and trying out for um, the young ambassadors is what I really was focused on and, and looking forward to. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. And I was like, okay, this doesn't sound good. And he's like, well, first impressions are everything. And you walk in and you're at the weight that you're at. I'm just going to tell you right now that even before you sing and dance for them, they're going to have an idea of what they can do with you by your weight. And I was like, oh, I just thought it, it just burned me to the core, you know, and it was something that I needed to hear, to be honest, because I was ignoring that about myself. And so I was like, you know what? Fine, let's do it. And I went hard. I went hardcore. I dropped, I cut sugar out of my life. I cut, I cut white processed foods like bread, rice, all the things that were starchy that, you know, carbs that turn to sugar in your body. Mm. And I just focused on eating a lot of proteins, a lot of vegetables, lean meats. And um, I dropped, let's see, between January and March that year, I think I, I lost 60 pounds Whoa. all by myself. I didn't have anybody helping me. 60 pounds. Yeah. I didn't have anybody helping me. I didn't have a nutritionist or a trainer. I was just doing me, you know, just, and it was mostly the eating thing, what I was eating. Mm -hmm. I didn't like, I didn't even know about my fitness pal or any of those things. I was just 
trying to eat the good stuff. Um, I got down to about 185. I loved wearing smaller shirts and just feeling oh, tighter everywhere and not being self-conscious about all the extra weight. Um, I went to the gym every day. Um, my sugar is my downfall. I, I have a sweet tooth and I always want to have treats. And so when I cut that out of my life, that is definitely something that helps me. So, so would yeah. you say it was like identity shift? Like, this is not mm -hmm. me. Like you hit a wall. Like, I'm just trying to get in your mind. Yeah. I stopped worrying about dating. I stopped worrying about social things. I stopped worrying about being out with friends and it all just became about fitness and gym and nutrition and not worrying about social, social things can get in the way for me about the health, you know, like that kind of like drags me to the other side of my health issues in, in the past it has. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. then you did go to BYU and you envisioned and you lost yeah. weight and then you did very well. And yes, I, I went to all those auditions. I was at my ideal body weight. I looked great. I didn't have like the muscle tone, but I'd lost uh -huh. the fat that I needed to. Um, I made great impressions. I got into programs. I, um, I felt so good about myself, so confident. And at that same time, I was hired on to be a camp counselor at EFY. That's right. And I was a camp counselor that summer at the, the youth camp and I had a blast. Um, dated a few girls and just felt really, really good about myself. I, I remember feeling like nothing was holding me back as far as like mentally about how I felt about myself because mm. I felt comfortable in my own skin. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Authentic. It was a great, it was a great time. Yeah. That's cool. And then mm -hmm. was it a couple of years later that you got married and no. So, um, at that time, I, um, that's when I met my wife, Ariana, and um, we met, so right at that time, I was working at the Buckle in the mall, and I was really trendy. Did you get to I was, wear those clothes? Oh, yeah, I had to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> my, all my check, all my check was spent on, on, on the clothes. buying the clothes, because you had to wear them to, to show them off, and and anyway, I, I had my, my manager there like outfit me to be rock star, to go to this audition for the band. I'm like, I want you to just in sync me out, just make me like total pop, crazy star. And I go to this audition in downtown Salt Lake and I got into this band um, and I felt so great about where everything was going. And, um, and I, once again, I wasn't thinking about love or dating or anything like future like that it was all music 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 focused on the the career and that's when ariana came and um this is important because i always tell my students when you're ready to fall in love with your future eternal companion your spouse mm -hmm. you have you have to love yourself first if you don't if you're having issues with loving who you are, it's going to be really hard to turn that over to somebody else and to fully love them. Yeah. And at that, at that time, I was just like, I loved who I was. I was feeling great. And because of that, Ariana was able to see me who I was. And she fell in love with me because here was this happy, just love and life guy, you know, and so um, we had that together and it was so, it was such a cool time. And yeah, we, we fell in love. We got engaged. She broke up the band. My students love that story. <laughs> she broke up the band. Yeah, that, that's a whole other podcast that we could go on and on for. But 
basically the band made me choose between her or the band and I'm like oh I choose her so yeah, yeah. but yeah that because of all this it led me into being um into uh vocal point at BYU which um all these things kind of collided to that. And by being in vocal point, it pointed me to my career as a show choir teacher. And yeah. so I attribute that's, it all kind of starts with the fitness. Like if I wouldn't have done that, would I be here? Would I be teaching, you know, 16 years later in the classroom show choir? Who knows? Yeah. I really love that you pointed out that when you feel great about yourself, you can mag, you know, like there's a magnetism and love can happen from that. And not just to find love, but I find that just in my relationship now, that mm -hmm. when I'm not feeling great about myself, it's harder for me to love. Another. It is. Like, yeah, you always love them, but like the like and all the passion and all the this and da, da, da. It's just <laughs> like harder. So when we, yeah, when we're feeling great about ourselves, it really is kind of that reciprocity, you know? Like, it mm -hmm. comes back to you better. So let's talk about when you gained the weight back. Ah, that's a sad, sad day. Sorry. Okay. So it's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's part of life, right? So we got married. Um, we, it wasn't too long before we were expecting our first son, Jackson. And um, that first year, I remember I was still swimming. I was running. I was working out like crazy. Um, nothing like long distances or anything, just you know, nothing more than a 10 K, but I was trying really hard to, to stay fit. But when she got pregnant, I remember I was being very sympathetic toward her. Um, instead of leaving her to go work out and, and run, I, I tried to do things that she wanted to do because, you know, before she would come running with me or before we would go play racquetball together or, or do something like that. And then what happened was she's, wanted to eat ice cream and watch <laughs> movies. And who's, who am I to stop someone from eating ice cream and watching movies? And Especially so, this good husband that you are. Mm, well, I try. <laughs> and that's like but, a psychological term. Did you know that? It's like the, the fathers, the husbands, it is, it's sympathy weight. They gain yeah. weight with the pregnancy. That's interesting. It's like a, it's like a phantom pregnancy. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, we were very, very connected. And I, um, the thing about Ariana that um, you need to understand is she's just biologically super lucky metabolism wise. Like that girl does not gain a pound or she's just like right where she needs to be. And that's amazing for her. Yay for you. I love you so much. Hey, for for me, like it's that. not the same. <laughs> I know we, we always joke about that with our kids. Whenever we notice one is like pooching out or like kind of like chubbing a little bit, she's like, great, she's got the Keith jeans or he's got the Keith jeans. I'm like, no, come on. I know it's kind of funny, but it's our little family joke. No, it, it really has just to do with how active you are, I'm sure. And she's very active. Um, but unlike her, I really have to teach my body how to burn calories where I think her body just knows how to do it. And so before I knew it, there was 10 pounds back. I was going up in shirt sizes. I wasn't like too concerned about it. I was just like, oh, whatever, getting bigger jeans, getting bigger shorts. We were in our little love bubble. So I didn't even think about it. I wasn't, you know, worried. I, I didn't never thought about like what other people were thinking about because we had each other. But a few months later, 
Um, it was right around the time when Ariana was very pregnant, maybe nine months, eight and a half months. We went to New York for a vocal point competition and we took a bunch of pictures and we were looking at the pictures when we got back and someone said, Jordan, what has happened to the man that Ariana married? Oh, shoot. And I was like, I, I can't even tell you how hurtful and horrible it felt to feel that or to hear yeah, that you know I, I was I was looking at a picture of us looking out I think we were looking out over the Empire State Building and it was from the back and somebody was mentioning like my back fat they were like look at your look at your love handles and I was like oh my god okay well I, they were just thinking that you know like the they guys, knew how hard how yeah. hard I tried to get okay. to where I was yeah and so that really played with my head to hear that. I was like, crap, I just undid 15 years of work, you know, mm. by nine, by sitting around and eating ice cream and cheese for nine months. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how the weight came back. And then um, let's talk about like right after that, how I got into teaching and it kept yeah. going. Yeah. So when I, when I got into teaching, it was like hardcore. Everything I did was eat, sleep, and breathe teaching uh -huh. and weight and nutrition and fitness and working out. Like I could not imagine going to the gym after a day in the classroom of being with those hellions in the junior high classroom. I, <laughs> it was insane. I, I couldn't believe kids. It took everything out of me to be yeah. in those classrooms. And um, I I would go out on like a weekend and run around the block and I'd be like, <sighs> right. I'm dying. But I just didn't, I didn't have it in me to think about my body right then. I was just trying to figure out teaching and it was difficult to not, not like teaching the music, but teaching how to control kids, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> how, to, how to keep them from killing each other and me in the classroom. That was yeah, my hard part. It's definitely tricky. And I'm not like a jerk of a teacher. I, I like to be fun and joke around with them. And so that's always been my biggest thing is like, how do I let them know that I'm a scary, serious teacher, but still a fun, you know, that's, that's been my, my problem, my whole career. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I, I, I'm just, I'll just be the fun guy. It's cool. The fun guy. <laughs> um, but it was a few years, how many years ago? About fast forwarding five years into teaching. One day, Ariane and I were watching um, the show on TV called Extreme Body Makeover with Chris Powell. Yeah. You, know, you, guys, yeah. you guys know Chris and Heidi Powell, great, um, you know, heroes of the fitness world of Arizona right. there, Scottsdale. Yeah. Um, I loved watching that show. I loved seeing the transformation. I wasn't ready to do it yet myself. But I was like, oh, this is a cool thing that people do sometimes. And I didn't even think I didn't even think that would be me one day. Um, but we were watching about this really overweight girl um, that was running a marathon in Paris. And I remember she started out like 450 pounds. He got her down to maybe 275, 250. And then she was running a marathon. And I was wow. like, how in the world can someone with that body weight you know, like that's hard on your knees. That's hard on your ankles. You're running almost 26 miles down through the rainy streets of a cold city in Paris. I was like, that sounds insane. And I'm sitting there like eating my pasta carbonara. Like we're just eating shrimp and bacon. And I'm just like between slurping up all these big bites of pasta. I'm like, well, this is cool. 
And then all of a sudden I put the bowl down and I, my brain like had this flip, this switch. And I'm like, wait a minute, what if I did this? What if I ran a marathon? And I just was like, Ari, watch, I'm going to run a marathon. And she literally like fell off the couch, laid on the floor, on the ground, rolling around, laughing as hard as she could. Like I, I've never seen her. She was like, just thinking of you running a marathon is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Now, at that point, were you back up to your two- Oh yeah, I was 250. Okay. Maybe even I, at that point, I probably wasn't even weighing myself because I was too scared. So whenever yeah. I get around 250, I stop. Um, but yeah, the next day I, I was just like, you know what? Um, you don't do that to me. Cause that's all I need to do to seal the deal. Like you laughed at me. You think it's not happening the next morning. I woke up and I went running. I was like, okay. And I had this friend, Melanie, um, she taught at Safford and she was a PE teacher. And I went to her and I was like, do you have any suggestions on how to go from being like a couch potato to a marathon runner yeah. quickly? <laughs> and she literally had a program called the Goya. I'll never, it was like an acronym, G-O-Y-A, the G-O-Y-A workout. And it was a one year workout to teach yourself how to be a couch potato or from going to being a couch potato to running a marathon. And I was like, this is literally exactly what I needed. And it was a day by day, like you walk a certain amount, you rest a certain amount, you yes. run a certain amount, you, you rest a certain amount, you take a day off, you try a miracle mile where you run as fast as you can. And then you take a day off and then you work up to a half marathon. And then like all these strategies of building up your mileage and going down. And, and I found out that if I had a printed out like paper and a checklist with a bubble or a square to check off yes that that is all I needed and I was like <laughs> what it, it doesn't just need to be this idea this aloof cloud in your head like get it on paper keep track of it check it off and then I do it and all of a sudden I was running a marathon like it went from a half marathon to a, I think I started this in the fall maybe a September and then I ran my marathon in April oh wow and I think I probably lost about 50 pounds. I think I got down to 190, 195 before okay. I ran the marathon. I ran it at about 195. And it was miserable. I mean, it was one of the, I, I pushed my body to a place that I didn't think was possible. It was in April in downtown Phoenix and it got into the upper 90s. Uh, I got heat stroke in the last three or four miles. Uh. And um you, you mentioned on your other podcast, how I wrote on every mile I wrote, I, I chose 26. Actually, I chose 25 because I did Ariana twice. Um, I did Ariana as my first mile and I did her as my last mile. Yeah. And on each mile, I would look at my, my watch or whatever was keeping, I think it was my phone back then. And I would just see what, what mile I was on. And I would think about that person. And I tried to a musical nerd that I am I tried to put a song that reminded me of them or at least a few songs on their mile and that's why I called you I'm like what's your favorite song do you know what they were do you know what we did <laughs> I'm scared to admit I'm oh it's so Ice funny was on it no 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 it was um what was it? <laughs> I, I think we did Ice Ice Baby I think it was oh, Vanilla Ice because you were later on in like the 21, 22 smiles. And I knew I was going to be really hot. And so we're like, what if we cool down with ice? ice? Oh, you're so funny. So I remember that was one of them <laughs> for sure. But oh, it was funny. a fun, it was a good way to get through that first marathon. Um, and it, it really just, 
it makes your relationships in your life really important to you. Yeah, it's, I love that you did that. Thank you. Um, have you done any more marathons? Yeah, um, I, I had this great plan that I was going to run one every other year. Oh. And um, in the off years, I was going to do halves. And um, I, I kept it up. I did a, a half the next year. I, I like getting those medals. I have them here at the school. Podcasters can't see them, but they're here to kind of remind me of, you know, my hard work. So someday maybe I'll have like a full, just shelf full of them, which will be cool. But um, I ran the Logan Marathon two years later. And then last year would have been when I was going to do the St. George marathon. That was the plan, but then COVID happened and it's mm. kind of screwed up, screwed up my every, my two year. They're, they're expensive. And yeah. it's also when you train for them, it's almost like having a, another part-time job because so much time goes into it. And so it really is. I feel a little guilty being gone that much running. Um, cause it's hours and hours every weekend and through the weeks and yeah. yeah. But, so you were saying before we got on here that mm -hmm. you were always kind of 40 or 50 pounds away from where you wanted to be. Like there was right. kind of that threshold to break through. What? Right. What? Was so once, once I started running the marathons, I was a fit, fit guy. Like I okay. had the muscle, I had the body, but I still ate like crap. I still had my treats. I still, you know, I was, I was working out. I, I have the ability to do insane amounts of cardio, but I, I have this mindset like, oh, because I'm doing this, I can eat cold stone. I can eat dairy yeah. queen. I can I go and do whatever that. I want because I'm yeah. burning those calories. So why does it matter? So anyway, I'd get to 185. That's always been my threshold that I can't break. And I could never break it. I could and never get tall, under 185. 511. Okay. So my my uh, ideal weight is like 160 to 170 if I'm going to be like right at the healthiest that I am, you know. Um and a lot of that was just stubborn body fat from my childhood that I could not get away. And so for Christmas, Ariana was so great, just the greatest present ever. She got me a personal trainer in Logan. Wow. And it was like Oh, she got me, I think five months or something or six months of a personal trainer that I would work out with three times a week at sports Academy. And that was just uh, the best thing ever for me. Her name was Camille. Um, she's up there and she's great. She has a great Instagram following. She's doing online training and stuff now too. And, and she had a, an interesting focus for me. It was not weight focus. It was not even like it was just looking at body fat, looking at counting our macros and trying to increase muscle. And so with her, I actually went up to like 196, mm. but it was, I was really, really big, like muscle. I was doing, you know, all kinds of power cleans and just like, she taught me heavy weightlifting, the stuff that I'm out. Like when I see the barbell, I'm like, uh, I would look like an idiot even oh, trying to get near that. Yeah. But she taught me how to do all the power cleans and, and, um, the deadlifts and stuff and squats. Oh, I hated her for that. But yes, she taught me squats. And I didn't think I could ever do a, an unassisted squat. You know, I always use the assisted machine, but mm -hmm. do the squats now. And, and yeah, lunges, Bulgarian split lunges and all <laughs> those things. So she was great for me. Um, 
and I worked with her pretty much until we left um, and we came here to Spanish Fork. And um, I, I felt like I'd kind of learned a lot, but once again, I had all this fat that wouldn't go anywhere, but I was fit, I was muscular, but I didn't, I couldn't get rid of it. And so one day on um, Facebook, I saw this, this group called DC Fitness based out of LA. It was kind of right when, um, well, so the first year here at Payson, I, I packed on about 10 more pounds and I got up to like 205, maybe 210. And I was, it was right around Gemma's birthday. And I remember thinking, oh no, oh no, it's happening. It's happening. Stop. And so I, I freaked out. And from April to June, I did what I do. And I lost that weight. You know, I, mm. I did what I did in college. I'm like, I did it. I, I've done it before. I know what to do. I can do it again. But I got to 185 and I was so frustrated. I'm like, why can't I get past 185? So I found this group on Facebook and I thought, I'm like, I've never worked with a nutritionist. I've never worked with somebody who actually looked at everything that I was eating. And at the time I was really having digestive issues for about four months. I couldn't figure out um, why my stomach was hurting the way it was. And I, I wondered if I developed a food allergy or what. And so we decided talking with this nutritionist that I hired and this fitness group that we were just gonna like strip away everything and then start, um, you know, introducing foods again, one at a time and seeing what, what bothered me. And after I did that, um, yeah, kind of, it, it kind of cleansed me really well. And then I realized like, there's nothing really that bothers me. It was just, um, she taught me, well, she got me going right away into a calorie deficit. And this is going to sound really extreme to our listeners here, but especially for a, you know, 37 year old, um, 5'11 man. Mm -hmm. But she, she said she was watching me really closely and literally like she, she had me get a scale that watches my, my weight, my body fat, my, my bone density, my water weight, everything, yeah. every little thing Those that could be measured. Crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, they're the best thing you could ever get. And it changed my life. And, um, she put me on a, on a calorie deficit to 1250. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was really, really watching my, my macros, my protein, my carb, my fats. Oh, I want to say my fats was like 23 and my protein was like, I can't even remember what, what it was, but it was, it was low and the weight melted off. And I was like, Whoa, okay. I felt a little lightheaded. I will say like, it was, yeah, that's it was kind of, and I couldn't, I could strange. not work out the way that I was used to working out. Cause I didn't have the energy. I didn't have that in me, you know, but, but that weight was melting away. And I went quickly down from 185 to 172. And I was like, what is, and my goal with her was to get to one, uh, we wanted to get to 155 and 11% body fat. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was about 155, after doing this calorie deficit with her, and, and that was probably July to November. And then we were like, okay, let's start. Now you go into reverse mode. You start increasing the protein, increasing the, the carbs and the fat. And you're, she started doing 50 calories every week. So 1250, we're doing 1300, we're doing 1350 to not freak my body out yeah. so that it wouldn't hold on to everything. And that's right when I got COVID. 
And oh. I wasn't planning on that. And COVID actually knocked another 15 pounds off me, <laughs> which probably. it was a lot of muscle. I lost 10 of it was muscle, which kind of bummed me out because I, it's been, it's been difficult to, you have to feed your body in a certain way to really pack on that muscle weight. Yeah. And it's, it's different. If you want to gain weight, it's easy. But if you want to <laughs> gain the right kind of weight, it is not easy. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was 138 at coming out of COVID oh, and so my muscle, my muscle went down. I was usually like 136 muscle weight and I went down to like 118 <gasps> and I was like, uh, but now I'm back to about 127. So I've gained almost 10 pounds of muscle back. Um, I'm back to about 150, 151. Okay. So yeah, that's where I'm at today. <clears throat> it's just a daily thing. And I have to say like, there are going to be days when you mess up. There are going to be days when you know you did the wrong thing and you don't want to step on the scale, but that's the most important day to step on the scale. The day that you had that extra cheat meal that you weren't supposed to have, or, you know, that you really, really screwed up the day before, because if you don't step on that scale that day, then you're not going to step on it the next day. And you're not going to step on it the next day. Yeah. So, I was just going to ask you how often every day, I mean, there, every day there's if, debates. Yeah, there's, there is, I know there's, and maybe for some people, that's not a good thing. Maybe they get frustrated because yeah. they see, I'm not losing anything. I'm not losing anything. But for me, it's, um, it's a psychological thing. If I miss a day, then I will miss the next day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I, my trainer noticed I did this after my birthday meal or something. It was something after, or maybe after our anniversary meal, we went out to eat and I was like, there's no way I'm stepping on the scale tomorrow. And she, she had this talk with me and she was like, dude, get on the scale right now. I don't care what it says. When you're the scaredest to step on the scale, you do it because if you don't, you're just going to keep, it's going to get away from you. It just, uh, that's how my mind works anyway. How, how do you, what, what's in your mind when you're tired? (laughs) Like what are every day? What are you telling yourself? I want people to know. Oh my gosh. Your head. <laughs> I really you know? have, like, I have no idea. Oh yeah. So I was mentioning the sleep thing. I have been a chronic, no sleep kind of person my whole life. Like I would stay up till 1230 or one o'clock every night from eighth grade on reading a book. Cause I'd get so lost in a book and then I'd have to wake up at 630, you know, and I'd get five hours of sleep. And I was used to that. And, and little did I know that I was traumatizing my body and my body was not burning the right amount of calories and the metabolism wasn't working because I was not letting it rest properly. And so that was a big thing. My, my nutritionist taught, taught to me, she's like, no. And she actually had me for months and months log every single hour of sleep that I was getting. Mm. Um, and if I wasn't getting seven and a half to eight hours, I was in trouble and I was scared to talk to her about it. And so, um, since then, that's been one of my number one priorities is getting to bed at a decent hour and waking up at a decent hour. And the crazy thing Emily is, is I don't want to sleep in anymore. And I've been asleep. I've been a sleeping in type person (laughs) my whole life. Like I would sleep till 11 and 12 as a teenager, you know, and all that horrible stuff. And now like my eyes pop open at 7.38 on the days that I do get to sleep in, you know, and the days that I do have to wake up at 6, 6.15, 6.30, whatever, it's not hard to get out of bed. I just jump out because I'm getting the proper amount of sleep. And I think the working out is helping. 
Now, the other thing is when I was really heavy and when I would work out, I, I would really want to take naps. Like right when I got home from school, I'll just take a half hour nap. I'll just take a 40 minute nap. I've changed my napping into a workout. Like don't go lay down because I know that if I nap, I'm going to have a horrible sleep and I'm not going to be able to get to sleep at the time that I want to. So I pushed myself to get to the gym. That's, that's a big component of it is driving myself to get to the gym or doing something running three miles around my block um, instead of laying down and sleeping. And, and for some reason, after a while, my body just craves that more than even resting, you know, but I really don't know where I get the motivation. Sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this? Why, where is this coming from? And I'm like, it's because it's what I do. And I get in there and I do it. So yeah, I think I know exactly where you get the motivation. Well, I think it's just your habit. I, I think that I think motivation can be crap. And right. I think that it's gotten to be such a habit. And I talk about this a lot to where it pulls you. It's like brushing your teeth at the end of the day. You don't have to force yourself to brush. You have something pulling you to go brush your teeth. It's the same now because it's a habit. You have something pulling you to go work out. Right? And I'll tell you, my, my kids, my children, yeah. I want them to see an example of fitness and how it can just make you so much happier and just mentally be more comfortable with yourself. And so, and I think it's working with my kids. I think oh, I they, think. it makes me really happy to see my kids do athletic physical things mm -hmm. over lazy things. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that, that is a big, big inspirational point. And being healthy for Ariana, being there for her and being a good husband and father, you know, that I think that comes along with driving me to, to want to be strong and yeah. be physically fit. So. It's in your identity. It is ingrained now in you. I was going right. to ask you this question. So Yasser and I recently watched this documentary with this guy named Anthony Lolly. And right title of it is like fat lolly to six pack lolly he lost 125 pounds in nine months and he got like ripped we're talking like he competed in bodybuilding um, competition and he went scoured the world and found a trainer to help him especially with his nutrition from ireland because he wanted this specific trainer because he used to be super overweight and then mm -hmm. he won these bodybuilding competitions and has a big Instagram following. So he didn't want to go to just any trainer. He wanted to go to someone that had been overweight and like him. And I just wanted to ask you about that mentality. I'm sure that kind of resonates with you in a way. Like, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, that, that is interesting. I've never really experienced that before because the people that I've always worked out with, I've had about four or five trainers through my, my thing. They've always been gym rats their whole life or just little kids that grew up super strong, you know? And I've been mm -hmm. thinking about this guy that's, that, that went out and found somebody that he could relate with. And I think that is awesome. I never even thought to do that. And I wonder how, what, what my experience like could have been differently having somebody that I know that can relate. I do know that the trainers that I have worked with, they, there have been some that work better than others. And, and it's when they really show uh, true empathy and interest in your life. Yeah. I feel like if there you're you with somebody, if you're with somebody who 
you can tell really cares about not just you coming and getting your workout in, but what's going on in your personal life and what's going on at home and stuff like that, that that is going to drive you to want to work with them and listen to them a lot more. And my trainer that I work with right now, she's always, we have like weekly checkups where she's like, okay, lay it on me thick. What can I do? Tell me what I need to do to be a better trainer that will help you personally. And I, and I told her, I was like, you know what? I am the kind of person. And I think I used to be more like this in the beginning with her lately. It hasn't been so much of a need for me, but I, what's the love language thing, right? We have our love languages and I am, uh, what's the one about words? I am a person. I am a words of affirmation person, a hundred percent. Like I (laughs) seek approval through words. And Mm -hmm. so I said, I need constant, um, just praise. I know that's, that, that's probably annoying, but like the more I hear like, yeah, go for it. You're awesome. You are a sun god. Yes. Yes. And that's why sometimes I know my Facebook friends are like, oh my gosh, he's posting another run on Facebook. Ah, that it helps. What is he eating? Why do we care? I'm like, you know what? Just knowing that I'm, I'm helping somebody or that somebody is in finding inspiration, in what I'm doing, it makes me want to want to do better. And so yeah. for this guy in Ireland, I think it was very smart. Um, and I think if you are a person who is hesitant in really taking control of nutrition in your life, I think he might be onto something for sure to, to not just go to the first, you know, trainer that you find. A lot of times you go to a gym and you sign up for a trainer and they're like, okay, this person would be good for you. Do, you know, if you're going to get therapy, if you're going to go to a a therapist and, and work with um, a psychiatrist, you're going to do your research and you're going to make sure that you have a a good fit. I think it's, this is like therapy for your body. And you want to make sure that your body is liking what you're getting. And believe me, there was a time I had this guy in lifetime fitness And he told me that he asked me what my goals were. I talked about running a marathon, getting down to 160. And he's like, I don't don't think that's you. I don't, I don't (laughs) think this is possible. And I just walked away going like, you are the worst. You are fired. (laughs) You don't believe me. It was a one training shot and I never went back to him. Um, And I, I have done well with female motherly type figures that's kind of weird to say but three of them that have done really good um that have done really good results with me have been those and which is weird because the lot in logan i tried really hard to find like a bro i'm like i need a guy to show me and and everybody um i kept asking around they're like no you need camille you need this girl camille she is the and i'm like okay i'll try her and they were right Camille's like exactly what I needed so you know her Instagram handle um yeah let me tell you guys because you guys all need to follow her she does um, and she's not only fitness she um I'm gonna tell her about this podcast too because she'll love that we're talking about what we're doing here um she also does um life coaching and just positivity she's so good at that um Cammy. Okay, it's camel, like the animal, C-A-M-E-L-405, camel 405, and her name is Cami Fit, Um, she's based out of Logan. Yeah, well, yeah, she's great. 
did her a favor, didn't we? No, but I think that you, <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that Anthony Lolly was looking for empathy and relatability. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you necessarily have to have someone that has been through it. It's like you said, when you're looking for a therapist, like in my situation, um, those who've been divorced, you're looking for a counselor or a coach, whether they've been through it or not, like you're looking for that empathy who someone can truly, truly empathize. So you don't always have to have someone that's been through the exact same situation, but I love that you said empathy, uh, that that's key. But in, in wrapping up the podcast, so let's summarize what works for you. So right. checklist worked for you. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Like let's, let's a uh, trainer. And the fact, I mean, I've put a lot of money into this. Let's be honest, like, yeah. especially I've never paid as much as I have since July till now, because I've had a real in, intense nutrition and training situation. But here's the deal. I have written down every single exercise, every single superset, every single hit hardcore cardio session I've done. I've made a book of page after page after page of everything oh, wow. that I can hold on to forever. And I know exactly what I need to do to keep going and to maintain what I have right now. There's no excuse for me, you know? And so, and I love helping, like if anybody ever asks me, I'm like, oh, I will set you up. Yeah, I will get I got you going. Got you. Yeah, it's, it's great. So, yeah. So yeah, and accountability is big. Being accountable to someone right. else forces mm -hmm. you to do it. What else? Well, what, what do you mean? I'm just summarizing what works for you. Okay. You know I mean? like so yeah, before, uh, so if you're in a rut, like where you just, I was just running, I would run three or four times a week. And that was my, my fitness. And I was, like I said, legs of steel, but nowhere else. You know, I didn't do pushups. I didn't, I didn't do setups. I didn't do planks like I should. Now I, um, so just to kind of break it down, Mondays, I do an upper body day or an upper body day. Uh -huh. um, Tuesdays, I do a leg day. Wednesdays, I usually do a swim and a weightlifting day. And then Thursdays, I do a full body or an upper body workout. Fridays, I swim and I run and then I lift weights some more. And then Saturdays, I swim, run and lift and then Sundays rest. So I'm targeting every muscle in my body on a weekly basis. Whereas before I was just targeting you know, 20, 30% of my muscles. So you're lifting and, every single day. Yeah. Different, different muscle groups, except for Sundays. And, um, yeah. And the other thing is I was always lifting too heavy. I didn't, you know, like I would get in there. I was always super self-conscious of everyone looking at me like, Oh, here's this guy that can't lift too much, but I had to get over that. I had to think, you know what? I don't care who sees me. If I need to go down to five, pounds on each side of my bench press who the heck cares if, if I'm doing like a a 25 set bench you're gonna max out with 10 pounds on your bar you know what I mean like yeah. it's just a different way and um also I don't have anyone there spotting me yeah. yeah we worked out together you saw that I'm like I don't if I had someone spotting me I would love to push myself more to the max but I I'm there by myself I just get in focus get the work done and get out so that I can go back home to my family. But um, yeah, I do lift a little bit every day. Um, and do you do hit? 
Yeah, I always I always try to do five to 10 minutes to get my heart rate into like a 150 to 160 range. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing is now, you remember in high school, I was like a sweaty beast. We, we'd go dancing or like clubbing or something. Remember that? And <laughs> it was insane how sweaty I was. Now for the life of me, I cannot break a sweat. I don't know what's going on, but I'm wow. like let's get sweaty here and I can't get sweaty anymore. So I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> no, it is good. At what time of day do you exercise? Is it morning? So I, it's different every day. I, I always have to plan it around my, um, what my schedule allows. Mondays, I usually do a night workout because I, my prep hours first thing in the morning and I'm usually getting things ready for the day. But Tuesdays, I have Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have a great little window in my school here where um, I'm here at the school, but I work out in my classroom. I bring a a yoga mat and I do like a crazy Tabata cardio hit workout. And I have my weights here. The kids think it's so funny. They're like, you're the only teacher I know that has a set of weights at the school. And I'm like, (laughs) and, and I'll, I'll literally have choir presidency meetings and they'll join in with me on like squat challenges and stuff, which is really fun. So I'm also able to motivate them and inspire them a little bit to stay stay up because that's kind of fun yeah but um mostly that's when I work out okay so it's it just depends on your schedule and Mm -hmm. how about do you have cheat meals do you have cheat days definitely this is the most important part of dieting I have to say is if you think that you're going to be able to completely 100% eliminate those foods that you love and crave from your life you will not be able to maintain the diet. You know what I mean? It's just too, it's too hard on your mental faculty. So if you know that Friday night, you have a date coming up with your spouse and you get to go to that local, you know, cheeseburger diner and get those fries and shake. Oh, it's like the best thing ever. And I've also noticed that that can actually jumpstart more, more weight loss because you're in this deficit. You're depriving yourself of these calories and your body's like, oh, and then you give it this like, jolt of what it wants and then it will like you'll see the scale it might go up for a few days and you're like oh great there's three pounds and then it's like shoom and it just melts away yeah so um that that's one thing get on amazon there's a scale called withings w-i-t-h-i-n-g-s and it has an app that syncs with my fitness pal and all those everything on your phone and it's really cool to watch all the the graphs, like I look back a year ago and seeing the lines of what my body's doing, it's really wow, fun. Wow, so, that is yeah. cool. Okay, yeah. any parting words? What would you say to someone that wants to, you know, just can't get that courage right. to get up off? You the- know, I I see people, you know, I, I have teachers here in the school with me that are coming to me daily, like you are inspiring me and they're losing weight and they're bringing fat-free cottage cheese and putting it in the teacher's lounge. They're, they're, they're like, what are you eating? We didn't talk about that. Um, let me tell you guys real quick. The secret to my diet has been lots of cottage cheese, fat-free. Mm-hmm. Always try to go fat-free when you can because you don't want to waste your calories on fat if you can. Save those for the carbs. But lots of cottage cheese, string cheese, turkey of any kind, sprouted wheat bread not just wheat bread but make sure you get the sprouted kind I don't know why but that's just really really good and then tuna those packages that come in the silver silver envelopes I will get like fat-free Italian dressing and pour it in that and just stir it up that's 15 calories of dressing 
and it tastes amazing. You have it with the string cheese and then you are like, have every amount of energy that you need to get a really good workout. Maybe I, I eat apples. Protein powder has been a daily thing. I, I didn't know about protein powder before these last few years. Once I started working with Camille, she taught me the importance of that. And now, oh, protein powders, that's how you get your, your macros up there. Um, yeah. Jerky, I found a great turkey jerky at Costco that I love. Oranges, cucumbers. I'm not as big into the salads because I feel like they don't really like make me feel fueled and energy, but I do like cucumber and broccoli. That makes mm -hmm. me feel really good. Yeah. And then my very favorite cheat meal of all time, like if I could eat anything and I look forward to this about once every two weeks or maybe once every three weeks, we have this local Indian restaurant here. I got into Indian food and it's something called butter chicken. I, I made it, I've made it at home and it's like straight up butter and chicken and rice <laughs> and a little bit of yogurt, like Indian yogurt and uh, all the Indian spices. And then they serve it with this garlic non Indian fry bread. Oh, it's so good. But yes, that is my favorite cheat meal. And yeah, ice cream, Rockwell's down in Provo. That's the place to go. Oh yeah, that's good. So it is possible to enjoy food and still be super health conscientious and fit and um, love your body. So yeah, like when I see these people that are extremely overweight, that look like, oh, I just feel like if you guys only knew that you could do it, you know, and I love seeing those people come to the gym. I know that they probably feel the most self-conscious, like, yeah, because they, you, you went to my gym. You went in Spanish Fork and you were like, I did. Oh. <laughs> the Spanish Fork Vasa gym is kind of unreal with um, how strong everybody is there. <laughs> Very many beautiful people. <laughs> and yeah, I just want the people that come there that are just getting into it to like, to not give up and to, I've had to, to not think about what other people think about me. That's yeah. not what yeah. this is about really at all. It's about what I feel about myself, how I feel a hundred percent and do it for you, do it for your family, do it for the reasons that matter. Don't do it for superficial reasons. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll end on that note. Thank you so much, Jordan. Let's hand it to Jordan for taking the time to be on my podcast. I know that ended a little bit abruptly, but I hope that you gained something from it. I hope something was said that resonated with you in your own life and what you want to accomplish and what you can do. If he can do it, he says anybody can. So I hope you guys have a great one. Make it what you want. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed the podcast, please write a review, subscribe, share. And if you'd like to do some personal coaching with me, hop on over to my website, coachemilysanchez.com.